The Space Case Sarah Show with space nerds Kobe and Benjamin. Who is Space Case Sarah? Spunky, edgy, smart, funny, and a rebel feminist. Now, witness it yourself on iRock Space Radio. Hello, space enthusiasts, and welcome to another episode of the Space Case Sarah Show with my space nerds, Kavi and Benjamin, here on iRock Space Radio. We have a special episode that has been in the works for quite some time. One of the things that we have wanted to do and we've told you about on this show before is that we have wanted to bring people on as guests who are doing science for good or sharing science for good or doing something for science for good. And I could not have thought of anyone better to bring on for the first time that we've done this than my friend Lee, who has been, he's been, oh my gosh, I I don't remember when I first met you, but he has been working on this passage project for years, years, Lee Giat. And, uh, and it's finally almost really happening for the first time in <laughs> ever and this is a huge project and so we are so 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 excited to bring lee who um kavi also knows from other uh interactions in the past as well and this is the first time i think you've met ben but mm-hmm. um we're so excited to bring you on and have you talk about what you're doing your vision and how our listeners can help your cause so without further ado I would love to kick this off first by just saying, hey, Lee, welcome to the show. Hey, Sarah, thank you for having me. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> I, think, I, think, yeah. I think you guys have a lot of fun, so I'm excited. <laughs> we do. We do. Uh, sometimes I have to edit out. It's almost too much fun. Like sometimes I have to cut it back a little bit because oh, yeah. the laughter is a little bit over. Sometimes the top. you gotta be careful. <laughs> it's true. But uh, yeah, we, we, I, I have been involved with your passage projects since like around the pandemic time and the pandemic really threw it for a loop. And I don't know exactly your connection with Kavi in that regard, but for those who have never heard of the passage project, could you start this episode off by just introducing yourself and telling people like kind of a a broad overview of what the passage project is? Yeah, so like you said, this has been in the works for two years now, um, since September 2020. Um, unfortunately, it was it was right after my dad's um, uh, tragic accident. He passed away in a plane crash. But this was like a decision I had to make. So I, I actually started working on it, working on it before in like July. Sorry, this is Coco. <laughs> Trying to get down. She's Coco. deaf and blind. So there she goes. The deaf um, and one eye. Yeah. Well, she's deaf and she has one eye but yeah <laughs> she's she, she gets around she bumps into a few things but anyway so so uh i've been working on passage uh since i think july of 2020 like right in the middle of the pandemic and um when my dad passed away obviously so he was a, he was a flight instructor he's been flying for many many years he taught me how to fly back when i was in high school like sophomore up until senior year of high school and i had to make that decision and obviously it was a shocking event that happened like for my entire family and I had to figure out whether I was going to continue to fly, continue on with my plans for, for this project um, or just stop flying and call it quits. It's very easy to not fly. Um, and every pilot <laughs> will tell you that it's very easy to not spend hundreds of dollars every hour in the air. Um, and you know, life carries on. It's, it's kind of just a, it's, it's more of a luxury and it's, it's a perishable skill. So you have to keep going, you have to keep flying and you have to keep getting better. Um, 
and that's a, you know that's what I ended up doing is is continuing with passage and reaching out to you know our wonderful friends in science communication. Everybody got involved and. We started our first uh, GoFundMe run uh, in September of 2020, and here we are two years later, and it's happening. So um, for to explain what's going on with Passage, because um, I don't even think I have explained that yet, uh, <laughs> December 3rd, <laughs> Passage is a monster. There's so much going on. Uh, so I, I'm try, I, I still haven't mastered how to explain it. Um, right. But um, the, the basics is I'm flying... Um, halfway across the world through the Caribbean and South America in a small twin engine plane called the Spirit of Science. Um, and uh, with the help of these amazing folks and many more, we filled it with uh, $50,000 of school supplies and STEM education resources and actually uh, books that have been written for, for you know, astronomy books and um, actually proprietary technology that's been uh, manufactured by universities uh, like water filtration robots. And <clears throat> we've even gotten telescope donations and all that sort of stuff. So uh, I'm going to be flying that to underprivileged communities throughout Latin America and um, hosting all sorts of outreach events. We have 30,000 people waiting for the Spirit wow. of Science to land. Wow. So wow. very exciting time. It's grown. I mean, when I started, I think I was only in touch with about a few hundred people. Um, you know, the like, you know, there were a few schools that I've reached out to back in 2020. And since then, people have heard about it. And now it's 30,000 people. We have a stadium in yeah. one of our stops wow. uh wow. is considered a project of like presidential importance in argentina uh wow. there are multiple governments involved i mean it's it's i i'm just kind of riding along now and seeing what happens <laughs> you know it's it's surprising me every day but right. yeah very excited and uh yeah that was kind I'll of stop there projects. there's a lot more i can yeah. say but i'll stop there <laughs> they were just <laughs> yeah, no, no, sorry, you cut out a little bit. Your internet lagged for a second there. Um, I was gonna say those those kinds of projects they're just they're monstrosities that just like take on their own life, and I I definitely have some sympathy and empathy for you for that because I have um I have an expedition that I'm gonna be doing next year as well, and it's starting to do the same thing to me, and I'm like, oh, I don't know how to handle all this. So I I fully fully understand that feeling of overwhelming and like how do I explain this all in you know, an elevator pitch, essentially, you know, in, in mm -hmm. communications, there's this concept of the elevator pitch. And if you wanted to communicate something, could you do it in the span of an elevator ride? And I feel like you have the same problem that I do. I'm like, nope, nope, I can't. I don't know how to elevator <laughs> pitch this. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's such, so, a, it's such a monster though. It, it is. is. But I was, I was going to say that it's just phenomenal to me, like this original idea of flying across Central and South America and the Caribbean to just like show up and just to be there and, you know, give these kids a taste of science. Even that alone is just mind blowing. But to take it a step further and say, hmm, I don't want it to be just this blip in their lives where, oh, they saw some, you know, cool dude coming to speak about science. No, you're actually having a long term impact in the lives of thousands of children across uh you know dozens of different countries and it's so damn incredible and it's you know obviously this is of presidential importance like this is huge it's, it's a really really big deal and so yeah everybody who hasn't heard about passage yet like go look it up right now mm -hmm. <laughs> right. thank you right yeah now. i mean it's it, it's uh it took some trial and error too because obviously passage is not a multi-million dollar project um you know it, it doesn't have the resources to just do something and and you know that's pretty much it there's a lot of limitations when it comes to you know this is the first time we're doing anything like this and how do we 
leave a lasting impact instead of just being like some sort of Amazon delivery truck, you know? <laughs> and something we did last year was we went to um, Barranquilla, Colombia, and we um, got some advice from a, a, a nonprofit there called uh, Grupo Apollo, the Apollo Group, um, or the Apollo Foundation. And um, uh, my good friend Tato, who's kind of my main point of contact there in, in Barranquilla, uh, he ended up helping us host events and get in touch with go the government there. And we realized that it's not about trying to leave a lasting impact, but it's about raising awareness because that's what we can do. Um, and that awareness is going to leave a lasting impact. So it's kind of like a step to get there. Obviously we can't build a school, you know, that's a lot of money and a lot of time, uh, but we can empower kids and empower those schools by uh, setting an example and leading by example. Um, and, you know, for me, for, for instance, you know, I was really bad at math. I, I failed calculus. Everybody kind of knows that. Uh, if you know me, you know, I'm, We're going to talk about that later. We're going to talk about that later. But, um, you know, if it wasn't for, you know, a small observatory in South Florida in high school, I mean, I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't be doing this right now. And I wouldn't, wouldn't have been involved in, in, in STEM at all. So, yeah. Uh, it's about kind of building a little bit of confidence and, and pushing kind of being that that uh, that breaking point, that spark, uh, because that's what we can do, uh, you know, for a small project like this. Absolutely. And so speaking of awareness and being a small project, I would love to kind of pause right now and give you the opportunity to tell people like where to follow you, where to go and donate, where to get involved in passage in any shape and form, preferably in, you know donation amounts and such like that. But <clears throat> if you could do that at this point, because we, <clears throat> excuse me, um, we will uh, obviously then be sharing through our own socials and, and such. But um, if you want to drop all the handles, all the socials right now, and then we can uh, take a break after that and continue on with this conversation, we would love for you to do that at this point. Yeah, so um, it's really only one place that can give you everything you need to know, and that's the website. Uh, it's passageflight.org, and there's some really cool features there. Um, you can actually track where the airplane is right now, uh, and you can continue oh, to track so cool. it during the trip. And um, there's a lot of info, a ton of videos uh, on there, and um, all of our social media is on that website. So passageflight.org, and um, there's all sorts of goodies there. So all sorts go of now. Goodies. Yeah. Yeah. There was a, I don't know if there's, it's open anymore, but you also are making a documentary and there were some ticket prices at um, certain levels where you could attend the like red carpet gala unveiling of that down at Kennedy Space yeah. Center. So mm -hmm. I don't know if those are available anymore, but there's definitely different they tiered are. levels of what you can donate at certain levels to get involved in and get some get some swag because we're all about that. Also here at iRock Space Radio, we like our we like our swag. Yeah, the guys are wearing their hats. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, hats. Swag. We have hats. We have T-shirts. We have actually Stickers. some sweatshirts. I don't know how many of those there are, but stickers and all that jazz. So speaking of that, we'll just get that out of the way. You're listening to iRock Space Radio, so obviously you can head over to the website iRockSpaceRadio.com and find said area of the website to sign up to get a t-shirt swag. And as always, I am Space K Sarah. You can find me on all the social media platforms, Instagram, as Coffee would say, all the time wasters. 
Um, guys, uh, I'll, we'll go with Benjamin this, this week first, go ahead and drop your handles. Thank you. Uh, yeah, you can reach, I'm from science. Actually, you can reach me at science actually, or actually science and all the various, uh, social media, lovely places to go. You can. you can. And you actually caused a controversy again today. I do. With your lot. penny off of the empire state building post. Yeah. I stoked that fire a little bit. I too. post science facts in meme form and it, entertains people it educates it gets, it gets people, people a little worse sometimes yeah. it pisses them off something royal and today i said <laughs> that a, pay, a penny dropped off of the empire state building will not kill you and then they, oh, of course man. i link to the scientific article that explains why terminal velocities and all sorts of things but people are furious <laughs> That's a great so people were wondering what if the penny was inside of a fridge that was and then favorite. it would be I a like slightly that different. One. <laughs> that was my I like that response. one. Slightly different calculation. <laughs> and go ahead, Kami. Well, your socials. <laughs> oh, the Earth is yeah, you flat, can find so it. velocity doesn't work that way. So anyway, so. Oh, oh, right, yeah. Right, yeah. right. right. Well, in, in Australia, on the other side of the flat Earth, uh, the penny would mm. actually fly up. That's, yeah, in that's Australia. Right. Yeah, it would, it would fly to, to the Empire State Building. Yeah, your flight's going to yeah. be really you weird. You throw it and it would hit your hand. Um, yeah, you yeah. can find me uh, at Fun Fact Science on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok, YouTube, Tumblr, all the places um, <laughs> at Fun Fact Science. <laughs> wow. Tumblr. At Fun Fact Science. Um, yes, look Tell out for the. Uh, what's your memes MySpace? As well on my page. <laughs> my MySpaceOnly.com. I, I, only, I only share my MySpace with my closest friends who live in the year 2000. You have a telegraph or anything or a carrier pigeon? Uh, yes, please direct all carrier pigeons directly to Sydney. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Me. <laughs> Perfect. We haven't even introduced our, uh, our our element of the week. We'll do that when we get into the next sure. segment because we are enjoying having you here so much. Uh, Lee, thank you again for being a willing victim, if you will, <laughs> to this show. I have a choice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, little do you know that we have him tied up somewhere and he is, ha- you know, being forced against his will. Blink there's a guy over here it's playing, uh, there's a sniper him. up on the roof over there. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we will introduce the element of the week. We're going to put you on the spot, Lee, and uh, talk more about the Passage Project because that's why you're here. We are here to just elevate your cause and uh, hopefully get you some more traction and support. So you are listening to the Space K Sarah show with my space nerds, Kavi and Benjamin and special guest Lee here on IROC Space Radio. <laughs> Welcome back to the Space K Sarah show with the space nerds, Kavi and Benjamin and our special guest this week, Lee Giot here on IROC Space Radio. And, uh, for those of you who care about the competition, I do believe that it was Kavi who got back to the recording studio first, which is pretty impressive considering we well, have another person here too in the competition. So, uh, yeah, welcome back, Lee. We are so excited to have you here. And I was telling you in the last segment, we name each episode after an element. And today we are on magnesium. And so my my lovely space nerds here who like to memify and gifify and do all those kinds of things to science kind of take the lead on dropping the knowledge and then I ask them questions. So Benjamin, I think hmm. you you said you had you were armed and prepared with some magnesium factoids. Today. I have a whole bunch. Oh, but usually see, you like to 
I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Ben go first today, Kavi. No, no, no. You should Kavi because you feel bad I because know. I beat him back from the green room. Yeah, I'm sure. trying to play fair. Yeah, that's the way it works. <laughs> if you're second to the green room, you have to start proving your worth with the knowledge. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> magnesium is a silvery white metal in its pure, pure, pure form, and just like our last week's episode, which is sodium, also silvery white, very, very reactive, and it's very carefully. Uh, concealed when it's in this pure form because as soon as it touches air it explodes isn't that cool magnesium it's a hoot and if you like chlorophyll it's a, it's a, magnesium's isn't it all up neat? in that isn't I don't know chlorophyll kind of puts me to chlorophyll's lame <laughs> but it's green Kavi uh, yeah. do you have anything to uh, expand on that for magnesium I mean, I do, but I feel like I've been getting some flack recently about how all of my space facts end up having something to do with poop. Um, they always do, today is though. no you're exception. Always, you're always the one that sure. goes there. Yeah, stay on brand, Kavi. No stay on brand. <laughs> it is my brand, and you, because you know what, there are too many different compounds that involve magnesium that are part of laxatives. I just have to say that, like, it makes yeah. no sense. Um, <laughs> <laughs> magnesium hydroxide and magnesium sulfate are both used as laxatives. But what I thought was more interesting as a very fun fact um, is the fact that magnesium sulfate is actually uh, what we know as Epsom salts or bath salts. Mm. And um, it was actually first discovered, I think, in England in the 1600s uh, in the town of Epsom, where basically this dude was trying to get his cow to drink out of a well. And the cow was like, nah, that's bitter. I don't want that. And basically they discovered that uh, there was <laughs> Epsom salts, there was magnesium sulfate in that water. Um, and since then, it's been used, as I mentioned, <laughs> as a laxative and as bath salts. But also it's been found on other planetary bodies. The Dawn spacecraft actually detected magnesium sulfate, not laxatives, on Ceres, the dwarf planet uh, in the asteroid belt. Ooh. So there's a fun fact for you. So no space bad. laxatives yet. Space no laxatives. space laxatives yet. But, but we're going <laughs> to keep searching. That's what my PhD is going to be on. Send the first laxatives to, to Mars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> laxatives. I was going to say, do we need to send cows out to out to space to, you know. To, to hunt for look, laxatives. Kind of like, yeah, like truffle yeah. pigs. Yeah. Yeah. That'll go on passage two. <laughs> passage two. <laughs> passage two. The revenge passage of the two. cows. cows <laughs> <in space. laughs> uh, welcome, Lee, again to the show. This is what it's like. Um, we yeah. always somehow, we always somehow end up in, I'm not kidding, like something about poop in our episodes every single time. Um, Everybody poops. Well, okay. Great yeah. question. Let's start there. How are you going to go to the bathroom on the Passage Project? Oh, that's fun. So there's... Um, oh my God, there's an answer. There's an answer. There's multiple solutions, uh, okay. but there's one that has... Um, I forget the term. There's like a proper funny term for it, but I forget what it is. But it's basically like a Ziploc bag. I actually did use this on the G-Force oh on the Zero-G plane. I don't know if you guys have ever... Yes, heard of yes. how you use the restroom on that plane. No. But I did have no. to go. I have the bladder of a squirrel. Um, and it's the same thing on the Spirit of Science. There's a little Ziploc bag full of, like, diaper beads, basically. And you just go. And then you zip Shut it up. up. Now you have a bag of pee just, just there. Okay. 
<laughs> I have you ever been Although asked that before? By the way, has anyone asked you about bathroom going? No, on? not yet. Okay. It's usually this just a Gatorade awesome. bottle. But, I mean, this okay. is yes. Trip, so Best case bathroom show. Kavi's <laughs> super happy that his whole poop platform finally. Yeah, has like purpose. seriously, I feel yes, like vindicated. The niche has People paid off this. right now. We, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are a lot of space science communicators, but how many of them talk exclusively about (laughs) I ask you. This is amazing. Okay. So, okay. So there's a plan for, for going to the bathroom, which really, I mean, it is actually something. The reason that it comes up in our, in our show a lot is because space exploration is so uh, dependent on human biology, right? So when you're going, it's like, you're going on like a, a camping trip in a plane and you have to figure out how are you going to eat? How are you going to make sure that you have clean water to drink? How are you going to use the bathroom? Like those are rudimentary, essential issues that in the the glitz and the glamour of the whole passage project itself, you really on the on the backside of it, <laughs> pun intended, um, have to have to figure out though, right? You know, like how am oh, yeah. I going to make sure that I know where I'm stopping and getting fuel and getting food and getting clean water. And um, so how, I guess I, I'm very curious now, like how much of that has been consuming kind of the planning process of this expedition on top of like Kavi was saying, just doing it in general is huge. Then you're doing it with a cause. Then you're doing it with flying things. Like how much of the like logistics of this is really like consuming the whole operation of it all? Oh, I mean, there's logistics for a million different parts of passage. There's the actual flying, there's customs and immigration processes and letting them know that, yep. hey, I'm I'm coming into land and I'm going to have a plane full of very expensive stuff. Um, there's, you know, there's a language barrier. <laughs> there's logistics on the ground, uh, logistics with the schools and events. You know, we're basically planning like seven, eight weddings, you know, in that scale of events. Um along with doing all this sort of stuff. But yeah, I mean, the, the aviation logistics are very, uh, it's taken up a lot of, of the planning process, probably I would say about 60%, uh, because it's also figuring out the weight issue. It is pretty much like an analog mission where I'm going to be alone for two months, uh, you know, in an airplane flying for about a hundred hours now. And, I have to figure out everything that I need to sustain myself has to be in that airplane. And also, you know, survival stuff like the oxygen uh, and fuel and all the supplies and the camera equipment, because there's also a documentary Mm -hmm. and uh, uh, portable toilets. So there's a a lot of different um, and also survival gear, too. So, you know, I have to have, you know, a, a few days worth of calories and a life raft and all that sort of stuff in a little bag and uh you know emergency radio equipment satellite communicators and all this extra stuff that adds to the weight it adds up very quickly so it's it's the bare essentials uh, just a few outfits just a few uh extra stuff aside from all of the loading uh that we're doing in, you know in terms of the stuff we're bringing uh, so yeah. if, if, when, when this becomes a Netflix documentary, because I'm very convinced that it has the potential to do so, and you're wearing the same shirt, the whole thing, we know why, because that's you perfect, have... though. that makes yeah. the editing so easy. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> it does, yeah. You can make it all look like it was done in one day. Um, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if you've um, watched the trailer yet for, for Rite of Passage, but you'll notice in most of it, I am wearing the same shirt. Yeah. Okay, there you go. Just pack well, and I was going to say, yeah, so you are making a documentary along with this, and you have a... Yeah, a trailer out for it, which is available on YouTube, and I'm sure it's linked on your website as well that people can mm-hmm. can follow. And um, it it like you sent it to me a little bit before you kind of publicly blasted it, and I honestly, I well, I mean, I cry easily, but I really did get extremely emotionally moved by it because you really hit the the key emotional points that I knew like you needed to hit to make that something that I truly believe that it could be on Netflix or it could be on Amazon or something like that. Um, what are the, what are the plans? And guys also to my space nerds, I, I don't want to dominate this comedy conversation. So make sure you jump in with your questions too. Uh, but like, what are the plans for the, uh, the documentary as you're going along? Like, like, do you have a target set for when it's going to get pulled together afterwards or are you just kind of like we're going to go and we're going to film <laughs> and it is what it is afterwards yeah i mean you know we can sit here and plan the documentary all we want but things are going to change uh so we do have a general storyline that we're we're uh we think is going to happen so we're going to try and follow it but if stuff happens and there's this extra content we're going to we're going to show it uh if it if it adds to the story yeah. So documentaries are fun because you don't know, you, you don't know what you're writing yet. And right. uh, it's really a combination of uh, having a chase plane with a film crew following me for certain stops in the Caribbean. And then, you know, flying out some crew or hiring local crew for some of the other stops. And then there's some places that are so remote that I'm the only one filming, um, including all of the flying sequences. You know, we're mounting cameras all over the airplane inside and out. And uh, it's just adding to the workload that I have to do, aside from all of my pre-flight checks <laughs> and customs and immigration and making sure everything gets there safely um, and maintenance and, and stuff that we have to do along the way. Uh, I'm also making, you know, I'm also pretty much directing a, 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 a docu-series. So, yeah, like, like we said a million times, there's a lot of, uh, it's like an onion. Passage is like just never-ending onion of, of stuff uh but because it makes sarah cry i was ask a question. yeah i so like okay just hearing about all the cameras that are going to be inside and outside of the plane i'm just thinking about the hours and hours of footage that you're going to have to sift through um which i know will all be incredible content but some of the other incredible content that is coming out of this project um is the uh pro course that you're doing with all these incredible scientists and science communicators who are providing, uh, you know, online for education. Could you tell us more about that? Um, I just think it's, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Another layer to the onion. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, yeah. So pro courses is something to like, you, you know, when you hear about, and, and I'm sure you guys have complained too. And, and, you know, if you were in the public school system, like, Oh, we never learned how to do taxes. We never learned how to manage our finances. We never learned how to do this stuff. So it's kind of like that, but for STEM careers. So figuring out early on, because I've seen, I remember when I was in college, uh, so many people switched their majors because they went to college because they had to go to college. They didn't actually know what they wanted to do. So this is a series for high schoolers or really anyone in secondary education to learn a little bit about what 
certain experts are doing, paleontologists, astronomers, uh, uh, environmental engineers, all that, anything in STEM and, and just seeing if this is the right fit for them. What's the lifestyle like? What's the education? Uh, what are the education requirements? Uh, what are the benefits? What are some of the cons? So helping uh, students figure out what life they want to live and how they want to kind of enter that world of STEM if that's something that they want to do. Uh, yeah. So yeah. that's just another thing that we're producing. Um, that's going to probably, we're going to probably publish that uh, in probably about a year from now. I think, I think we'll be able to publish all of that. We're, we're shooting these now with the uh, various science communicators and professors and, and experts. So um, we're, we're building a library and then we're going to uh, uh, bring it out to the world very soon. Super cool. We're going to need to take a break. And Benjamin, I know that you probably have some pressing questions and things you want to contribute as well, because uh, I don't want to have anyone be a microphone hog here and I'm talking to myself. I do, <laughs> do want to say um, you uh, bringing up the whole, you know, people switching their majors and they're just going to school because they have to. And I think one of the things I remember sticking out about you to me that I laughed so hard over was a video that you made with your calculus textbook, I believe. Was that like uh, me throwing a book at a tree? Yeah. Yeah. That, <laughs> so that was, you, give it, I, you give it the bird and then you chuck it and it <laughs> whacks a tree. And yeah. you're like, never taking this again. <laughs> that was actually, I think I was 13. And that was like when... Um, I guess I, that was my first like camera phone. It was a really bad quality video. And I guess well, now you must it's pretty have funny because it. it was that. Yeah. You re -shared I, I shared it, it recently. Yeah. 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 And you like, like chuck it at a palm tree, which for me is very novel because I live in the Midwest and we don't have those. And so it's just <laughs> kind of funny to me. Um, and I remember just laughing so hard at that because I think that we all, I don't care if you're really good at school. Everyone has that moment where you're like, I will set fire to this book as soon as this <laughs> class is done. As soon as it's over. Yes. And so you 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 captured that at such a young age. Look at you. You were like, you were gearing up and you were ready for a spotlight <laughs> <laughs> at 13. We're going to have to take a break. Yeah. When we get back, uh, we'll just keep talking more about passage because I think that we haven't even, it is a lot of different layers. And so we haven't even really touched all the different elements that make up what the passage project is. Layers like onions, which definitely makes me cry. Uh, so stick out for the music break, however long it may be. And when we return, you will be listening again to the Space K Sarah show with the space nerds, Kavi and Benjamin, and our special guest this week, Lee, here on iRock Space Radio. Say things like that before we Stop giving me good ideas. <laughs> I, will, I will spend extra weight just to do that. <laughs> Welcome back. Hold on. Say that again, Benjamin. Uh, I was just suggesting... <laughs> To really teach uh, Lee's calculus book a beautiful lesson is bring it along on the passage flight. And then when he's over the water somewhere in the Caribbean, just toss it out the window. Just toss it out there. How yeah. Just bring the be? name to another level. It'll lighten like, your yeah, load and make your flight a little more efficient. <laughs> and we'll have, we'll have the camera under the airplane and you just see it get smaller and smaller <laughs> and then a little splash yes. at the end. I can't. Oh, I don't see anything. There's no downside to this. Except for the I, oh my gosh, book. I feel like, okay, hold on. This is the Space K Sarah show here on iRock Space Radio with the Space yeah, yeah. Kavi and Benjamin and our special guest Lee. I feel like you could like auction off 
something to be like, how much do you hate your textbook? How much would you pay for me to throw it out my throw it window out. over XYZ? <laughs> just, I have some textbooks. I'll pay I for you swear to fly that over could volcano. be that could that be a money making scheme. <laughs> you should totally that might be a that might be a business idea. Honestly, I swear. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> be like, would you like me to chuck your textbook out my plane window? Yeah, and then set start it on like fire a bid. And just let it fall. Yeah, like a flame. set a bid. Oh, <laughs> Oh, that'd be funny. That would be amazing. Well, there you go. This wow. is how we are contributing to your cause here on the Space Space Sarah show. We're coming up Thank with you very uh, much. all the clever ideas. We are talking with Lee Giot. He is the uh, brainchild, I guess, of the Passage Project, which is going to be flying, he, in the spirit of science, stem supplies down Latin America and doing it largely solo, <clears throat> which is very risky. Because these are somewhat remote areas, and um, and as Lee kind of touched base with at the beginning, the very very beginning of this uh, episode, his father passed away in a plane accident, which was sort of a freak thing, and so it's um, risky just in general. But then you also have that psychological element of kind of knowing that things can go wrong, and it's no one is immune to that. And I guess I am curious to hear what was the deciding factor that made you go you know what i am gonna do it like what made you decide despite all of that that i'm gonna i'm gonna keep pushing forward yeah i mean the accident really motivated me to be the safest pilot i could possibly be um and i i'm i can confidently say i am among the safest private pilots out there today because there's a lot of people unfortunately and and I, I i'm no exception to this i used to see general aviation as like oh it's like a, a car just get in and go and you know there's a lot of people unfortunately that uh continue to think of it that way and and there's this term you know complacency that mm-hmm. uh has haunted me for a very long time and and it's the fear that like over the years you know oh, this never failed, so I don't need to check this anymore. Oh, this never was an issue, so I don't need to check that anymore. And uh, and e- almost every single pilot, I, I guarantee almost every single pilot, has gotten complacent in one way or another. In one maybe checklist or maybe one aspect of their flying or in preparations. Uh, so uh, I actually uh, designed my own checklist and I created my own documents and I made a promise to myself that even if I'm 75 and I'm still flying, I am not going to uh, not use these checklists. In terms of being, you know, really safe pilot, I've, I've gotten really good at making sure that uh, I was always aware of, of everything from the mechanical side, the meteorological side, the mental side, uh, the physical side of things, you know, making sure because without the, the pilot, there's no airplane flying. So just from from all fronts, I've just really dedicated a lot of time and a lot of hours into making sure that I, that I'm a very very safe pilot, a very conscious pilot, and and every decision I make uh, is will, will lead to a safe flight because every problem in the air is preventable on the ground, and that is something that I live by. And and there's a funny saying that's uh, that goes. The, the most dangerous part of flying is driving to the airport. I like so, it. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. So Benjamin is of the three of us, the only one who didn't really know who you were and really know much about the passage project before starting, you know, into this endeavor. I mean, you maybe did some background research before we jumped in, but Benjamin, since you're a little bit newer to the process, I would love to kind of pick your brain and (laughs) and, uh, listen to the loud vehicles passing by outside. Yeah, I think Um, that's me. Is it you? (laughs) Yeah. It didn't sound like a vehicle. Uh, (laughs) It it sounds like you're really hungry. It sounds like you had a lot of magnesium and there are some consequences occurring. Combustion. Oh, and you blame me. You blame me for bringing it. (laughs) But it's an amazing project. And I do actually have a genuine question. Um, All the supplies that you're bringing to the kids, is it something that you're just bringing as part of a package things that you thought the kids would want? Or is there actually like a wish list possibly that they've somehow gotten back out to you? And if so, like what's the most requested item? A telescope, a microscope, that kind of thing. Um, We realized that if we were to bring school supplies, you know, standard stuff, backpacks, and, and, you know, your standard stuff uh, for each individual student, uh, that that wouldn't be possible in a small plane, and it also is a. I feel like it's more perishable than providing classrooms with stuff that they need, uh, because kids go to school. That's a given, and we wanted to focus on more stuff that the classrooms would be able to use and reuse uh, for for many years to come, not just kind of you know your disposable stuff that you can get at, at really any store. Um, and so we. Are the the schools that we've talked to? Everyone is a little bit different because obviously some schools have no ceiling and some schools are a little bit better off and they just need that extra technology. So based off of all of our donations, we're really tailoring it to the schools because um, it's not necessarily we haven't really gotten a wish list, but there were certain items that that there were requested. Um, you know, telescopes were very popular. Uh, that's something that everybody seemed to to want and and a lot of and uh, tablets, computers, anything hands on uh, because there there isn't really like in the United States like there isn't really like a STEM curriculum that's common. So something that we're doing is 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 teacher training workshops. So a lot of uh, really well known science communicators, but also people from NASA and and educators. Uh, that I've gotten to know over the years are flying down there as well. And uh, they're going to be hosting sessions, uh, teacher training workshops with the equipment that we're sending down uh, to empower these teachers to create their own STEM curriculums. So uh, those are in more of the easier to reach places, but also um, in some of the harder to reach places where uh, it's really just me and the locals, uh, we're going to be, uh, providing stuff for their classrooms and uh, uh, also providing with them a, a curriculum as well. Wow, that's awesome. I'm obviously biased, but I have to ask, because, uh, you know, this is the, naturally the thing that would interest me. How many telescopes are you actually bringing in the end? Right. So we're still, we actually have a few school supply drives going on right now still um, in a few different schools um, throughout the country. And uh Depending on weight, it's not really a space thing because we can make it fit. 
but it's 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 a weight telescopes thing. on a space thing. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. But um, what else? That, and and that, that didn't have to be a, a bathroom joke, so that was good. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, he's breaking yeah, out, uh, you guys. His Twitter is really taking off now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm estimating probably close to a hundred telescopes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So. Which I, I do have to say, uh, thank you, Mac. Yeah, Mac is thebomb.org. <laughs> uh, thebomb.org. Yeah, Mac has been a, a really instrumental part in, in, in Passage. Um, we were connected back in 2020, uh, and we have very similar, uh, I guess, mindsets. You know, we both want to use STEM to make the world a better place. Uh, we're both from the Middle East, uh, and we both like to to kind of go on crazy adventures that no one's really done before. So, um, Mac yeah, has been yeah. an instrumental part in Passage. I can't thank him enough, and uh, we're working together on uh, a lot of the documentary stuff together. Um, oh, so, yeah, yes, I did see that. Yeah, he's somebody I, I think we probably will need to bring on this show as well because he has his own. Yeah, mm-hmm. he has a, a nonprofit that he he does as well. And actually kind of funny story, just random aside, but he uh, reached out to me recently because one of his, one of his camps, they wanted to make, again, we were going back to the bathroom, but they wanted to make bladders for spacesuits. Um, <laughs> yeah. And they mm-hmm. want, and they wanted dry suit material. And so my boyfriend owns a scuba shop and he reached out and was like, Hey, do you does he happen to have an old dry suit that we could use because we're actually going to chop it up. So it doesn't need to be anything fancy. So anyway, what, Hey Mac, uh, <laughs> if you're listening, I'm going to let you know. Yeah. We're big fans of you. So, and you rounded us back to poop kind of nice waste jokes so <laughs> um well you know we're kind of getting close to the end of the show here and i guess um i guess i kind of wanted to and i like to really always kind of dip into like philosophy and and kind of feelings and stuff like that because that's who i am but you know i would love for you to kind of end this with you just articulating what passage means to you and what this legacy means to you oh and also i i also wanted to congratulate you on becoming engaged oh and, thank uh, you yeah oh, welcome to the party that was, yeah <laughs> that's that's a pretty recent development and you know but that, but you know if you so choose to want to start a family at some point and thinking about what you're doing and that legacy like can you put into words a little bit of the overall larger emotional feelings that you have about honoring the legacy of your dad and, and how what you're doing is going to carry his legacy and your legacy forward. How, how do you, how do you, I don't know. I'm probably asking the most impossible challenge. How do you sum that up? Oh gosh. Um, to explain it simply is very difficult. Uh, but I do think about it a lot. You know, it's, it's, uh, you know, right now I'm, I'm, I'm 24 years old. I don't really have many, obligations. I don't have kids. I don't have uh, a massive uh, company or anything really that's holding me back. Um, obviously, I have an amazing fiance, but it's uh, I, I'm, I'm doing something pretty risky. And right now, and I feel like uh, a lot of young people, especially in aviation, um, surprisingly, it's like a common thing to want to do to get the crazy stuff out of the way, if that makes sense. Um, because, you know, we don't have 
you know, we, we, we understand that there is a risk. Um, and obviously, um, you know, knock on wood, I'll come back home with a story to tell. But uh, it's uh, for me, and, and I'll kind of sidestep here, you know, as a, as a creative, my, my full time job is I make videos, I make movies and all that sort of stuff. So um, it's very common to half write a script, dump it off to the side, oh, get another idea and dump it off to the side and then never finish that project. I have a few things that I, that I haven't finished yet. And I told myself, especially after my dad passed away, that I was going to finish this no matter how difficult this is going to be. And there have been God knows how many roadblocks. Uh, you know, buying an airplane at 23 years old is apparently a very difficult thing to do because no one wants to sell an airplane <laughs> to a 23-year-old. Nobody wants to insure an airplane to a 23-year-old. Nobody wants to insure this trip to a 24-year-old. And uh, being young, yeah, it's nice, but it's also very difficult and it makes it a little bit harder too. So uh, for me, it's a, it's a personal challenge. Um, I'm very excited for the impact that, that it's going to have. And I'm very grateful for everybody that's been involved over the past two years and, and you know, over the next few months as well. Um, but it's, yeah, it's a, it's a personal challenge that, that I think is, is very important to me and, and uh, I'm proving to myself that I can carry something as crazy as passage all the way through to the very end, um, no matter what it took. So, um, yeah, it's the best I could put it. <laughs> yeah. And Benjamin says in the comments that he feels so old right now. I you am know, too I... Lee's old. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh... How many Lee's does it take to, <laughs> to I don't know, make poop jokes? <laughs> I'm just really I'm, yeah, super just impressed really with the whole endeavor. It's an incredible undertaking and it seems so incredibly well thought out and it's it, the massive size of it keeps growing and I, I can't wait to, to see this thing go all the way through. I want yeah. a follow-up interview when it's over. Yeah, I just followed you too, Benjamin. I'm surprised we haven't connected yet. <laughs> but, um, Having discovered the flight tracker now, I'm going to be on it all the time. Oh yeah, I'm on it right now. next Wednesday is my next <laughs> flight, so you can off, see me. Off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, next. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Well, by the time this airs, that will already have been done. But oh. now we know that we can kind of creep on you. Yeah. Yeah, you can see we're, where I... we're very. Pro... Yeah, we see where you are. Yeah. yeah, we're productive here. We we record ahead. Yeah, for sure. But um, um, if I also, I just want to add to you know, speaking about like the the whole age thing, um, I honestly wish at some points that I would have waited a little longer because, you know, I'm sacrificing being a 23 and 24 year old by doing something like this. Obviously I'm very excited about this, but at the same time, like Sarah's right. Like you're never, you're never too young or too old, but it isn't, it is a responsibility. This isn't a fun, you know, vacation. This is, this is, this is a project and, and it requires, you know, it's, it's gotten my full attention for the past two years. And, um, you know, th those are what those years of my life are going to be be remembered for. Um, but I do wish at times that I got to be 23 and 24. But, you know, that, that's, that was a, a sacrifice I was willing to make. When you get back and you're done and you're 25, you're going to realize that you're at 25. We're still going to be doing the same things you were doing at 24. And <laughs> so, yeah. I wish I, I was flying at 25. to South America. <laughs> So provided uh, we're still all together and recording in like 20 years from now, you're obligated to come back and reflect on this experience and tell us if, if it was if it was worth it or not. Um, 
It just imagining the, the AV issues that we're going to be having. What? I can't hear you. It's like new technology that none of us have even thought of. I don't understand how these holograms work. Okay. Uh, shout out again really quick. So it's passageflight.org. Yes. Or .com. Passageflight.org. Dot, we are dot a nonprofit. Please go to pl- passageflight.org. See how you can donate, get involved, show your support. You know, even tweeting liking sharing those are ways that you can show support Mm -hmm. for what lee is doing and we wanted to elevate what you are doing on this platform we are irockspaceradio.com and we are space case era 22 science actually actually science or fun fact science um depending on whatever platform you land on share and and contribute to us helping Lee achieve what he is trying to do uh, by sharing our posts and sharing the links to our station in this episode. So again, thank you so, so much for joining us. He has his bird on his shoulder again. <laughs> thank and, you, Lee, uh, and thank you, Piper. Just saying thank goodbye. You, thank you, Lee and Piper. Yes, thank you, gentlemen, for joining me again. This is the Space Case Sarah Show with the space nerds, Kavi and Benjamin, and our special guest, Lee, of The Passage Project here on iRock Space Radio. You've been listening to the Space Case Sarah Show with the space nerds, Kavi and Benjamin, a production of iRock Space Radio. Go to iRockSpaceRadio.com for more.